I'm clicking your face. I'm clicking your face. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Health Nerd Show, the show that's right now independent, but we'll be coming to the Galactic Netcast very, very soon. Uh, my name is Gregor Sprague, and joining me as always is Corey Scott. Corey, I, I realize, before I say how you do it, I realize I do, me and Matt do the same intro. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Uh, you haven't called me Dig, Big Daddy Spork yet, so uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only difference, though. Um, so, Corey, how you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Yes, Matt also accidentally introduces the show as Nerds all the time. Well, no, no oh, so, no, because see, the only way that me and him would truly do it then is if I, is if he, you guys create a new version of the, of Podcast of Terror, which should never happen because I like the fact that you guys all have the name Pot. Yeah, which <laughs> it like, worked out beautifully. <laughs> so, deal, and it's like he just calls it the old show. The like, old show. Yeah, he calls it whatever. Like he'd still call it Podcast of Terror when you guys ter- change it to Terrorville or something like that. Mm. Yeah, I like that actually. <laughs> so, um, before we get into our reviews, um, we, we I want to talk about this bit of news that uh, came out, and that is that Smallville is coming to Hulu this year, which I was so, I'm so excited for because. I have a lot of respect for Smallville. I like Smallville when it came out. I quit watching it in stages and tried to come back. And eventually, I'm like, but I'm so I like when I did try to come back. I'm like, I'm so lost. Where are we going? And then whenever I look it up on on Wikipedia, they have the news, or they have what is it? They have the um that oh this person was in. This person was on here and there. I'm like, what? How is this happening? Sort of deal. Um, like, how did they got Booster Gold in there for an episode? They got, uh, you know, uh, Zan and Jan, which I think I saw that one. Zan and Jana. Jan and Zan. No, Zan and Jana. The Wonder, uh, the Wonder Twins. Twins. Yeah. Which they didn't actually have a Gleek, but Jana had Gleek on her iPhone case which I thought was really snazzy. They yeah. had, uh, at one point, they had an episode with the Legion of Superheroes, the original trio of Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, and Cosmic Boy. They in basically made their own first Justice League by having characters like Martian Manhunter, uh, Cyborg, a version of The Flash, and uh, they had Green Arrow on there for a number of seasons. Yeah. So they, they did a lot of things kind of before everything. So it's like the hipster arrow. It's like, oh yeah, I used to watch Smallville. You probably never heard of it. It was on, like, <laughs> back on a totally different station. Um, yeah, it's but not it's really. interesting. Yeah, I, I just don't know. Are we spoiled by the Berlanti shows? I mean, I, I know I talked some shit about them last week, but to me they were in some ways, a big improvement over what Smallville was. Now, it's still got the the heavy melodrama of what was there before, mm-hmm. but it seems like it takes the superhero part a lot more seriously than what Smallville was was interested in doing for the first few seasons, at least, and uh, eventually got around to. But it introduced a lot of superheroes before it let Clark dress up. And it just kind of put him in a Matrix outfit for a while. Yeah. Called him the Red Blue Blur, even though he was wearing black. Yeah. Um, but and then the show, or the other parts uh, it, that come to this deal are the OC, Southland, um, Blindspot, and Lucifer, I believe are all 
excuse me, are all coming to Hulu. And basically what that means for the later two of Blindspot and Lucifer is, I believe, if I'm, if I'm reading this correctly, they're going to be... Uh, they're going to be exclusives to Hulu. Like you won't see them on like, Oh, we got a month before the new season of blind spot. Here it is on Netflix or, or same thing with Lucifer. It's you want to see it, go to Hulu where, where the past seasons will probably be behind the either limited commercial or, um, or paid or, or the no commercial paywalls that they have. Yeah. Which is, again, it's that, that toss-up of, okay, we're subverting cable stations or, or cable n- networks and providers by go- having these online things, but you're going to have to chase the dragon, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, by saying, well, I like this show. Well, you'll find it over here on Amazon Prime. Well, but I also like this show. Well, it's on Netflix. Oop, no, wait, no, you were halfway through the seasons, and it's moved over to Hulu exclusive. Uh, try to keep up. Yeah, I mean it's that part does get a little frustrating, and um, the, and there's also the these the smaller streaming platforms that don't um, you know that that have the more like the two B TV where they'll have some of these shows, um, and it's also I think more because it's under the radar radar or CISO. But CISO, you know, CISO is a little bit different because of the fact that, you know, it was made, like, it's made by a bigger corporation, and it's only comedy sort of deal. Which is still, it, it's even weirder to me, is that CISO is so NBC-driven, but it's all comedy, and, uh, well, it's not like NBC's been doing really well with comedy lately. Which, but basically, I think they've, they're starting to hit it with the originals. Like, that's what's been selling me the most. That and the, and the British TV comedies that they have, like, they have... I believe they have the UK office, which you can get on Netflix. Um, they have the Mighty Boosh um, from Noel Fielding, and uh, that aired on BBC Three. They got Monty Python's Flying Circus. Um, I think there's more in the British one that I just not I can't think of right now, and that's part of it that you know sweetened it. But then you have, you know, uh, Dan Harmon's show that he's got over there. Um, I think it's the Harmon Town or Harmon Quest, or something like that. Um, they got stand-up, stand-up specials on there that are exclusive to CISO, which is a good thing to see, um, because it's, it, you know, it's just going to give them more stuff. And Yeah, but that's, everything is more stuff, but if you're, if you're all in with the company that isn't quite keeping up with the rest of them, mm-hmm. then your stuff gets forgotten. And that was the thing about cable, is I can be on cable and I can flip through channels, and obviously there's thousands of channels now, but I can flip through them all and find something that I'm interested in watching, usually. Uh, or I just get bored enough, or my thumb gets sore. But So you no, stop at Tiny House Shows. Right. I, well, I love Tiny House Shows. Let's not talk shit about Tiny House Shows. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to point out there was an incredibly good article from Chuck Wendig today, uh, about tiny house shows where he just tears them the fuck apart in all the right ways. Uh, Chuck Wendig is awesome anyways. He's, his pen monkey books are some of my favorite things. But this, this article was spot on. I sent it to the wife and, uh, and said this is all correct. But no, I'm just saying the idea of switching between channels was very easy. There's still not a simple setup for sit- switching between 
these different services on my TV. Roku's the closest, yeah. but even with Roku, with every one of them, you got to log out of one, log into another, mm-hmm. uh, wait for it to load up, and then go and find the programming, and they're all laid out differently. So there's nothing 100% consistent. Now, if that's what App- Apple was thinking when they were talking about their Apple TV in the future of of what they're doing, maybe. But at this point in time, it's everybody wants to to have their own rodeo. And that's going to make it far less compelling for the people who just want to watch their shows when they want, where they want, uh, to quote Brian Brushwood. That's what people are looking for, and what we're getting is more and more complicated things as opposed to easier things. And I think that's going to be what's going to happen is eventually, uh, back to the hipster speak again, it's going to be cool to be on cable because why do I want to go and have to chase all the different things I want to see when there's one hub that does it all? And that's that's frankly what I, I worry about with this. Is I'm excited you... to see what the, the plus, and I don't want to shit on it all completely, the plus is that each of these different things want to make their own content. It's important to them to have their own mm-hmm. content, and the content is of different levels. You know, an original on Hulu is not even close to what you'd see as an original on Amazon, and that is still, I think, a few steps back from what an original series is on Netflix. Now, we can compare notes and say, well, an original on Netflix, are you talking about Fuller House, or are you talking about Richie Rich, or are you talking about Daredevil or Sense8? Now, those are obviously higher levels. But I still think that it's it's a reach to go from one to the next. But that means that there are people who can make cheaper content who are, are younger producers of content who are maybe brand new producers of this stuff that are going to get a shot to get discovered and get noticed and get an audience that they maybe wouldn't have had before. Even on something as, as out there as YouTube. YouTube is doing original content, but you still have the opportunity to make your own show and put it on YouTube completely on your own and build an audience, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. sort of what uh, the the people who do the gamers movies are doing with their standard action stuff. And that's great. This just means that maybe that stuff can also be picked up by one of these networks. But again, I'm a, I'm a Dead Gentleman standard action fan. I'd rather be able to find them in the place where I'm already looking than have to remember, oh, wait, no, they just got picked up by CISO... So I have to go and log into a CISO account on my Roku. Oh, I let that expire, so now i got to re-up my subscription with them again because I'm not going to pay all of these things at the same time. We were discussing before the show that Stars just came out with their online service today that means you don't have to be a cable subscriber to be a Star subscriber, which is great because when it comes down to it, Stars has the best movie selection, I think, out of all the premium cable channels. Yeah, but you know, you still pay for your HBO because you want your Game of Thrones, uh, you want your Silicon Valley, you want your John Oliver, those sorts of things. Uh, I would have to pay for Cinemax right now because Banshee just started, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So I, I'm still kind of like, man, it would just be great if I had a remote control that could just take me from one place to the next, super easy. Oh wait, I have that. Yeah, but. Along those same lines, though, with shows like Southland, The O.C., Smallville, you still would have to go searching around. 
um, on their on either on Comcast or you know your cable provider because you know they have some you know backlog of older shows that you have. You know, I just realized that there's another show I for, I forgot to put in the doc, but whatever. Um, we'll talk about that next week. Um, but like, so you go through and, but even then it seems like Comcast is more focused on the movies. Like they've been going, we got Star Wars, the force awakens that you can rent with or, or, or buy with like a whole bunch of legal that you're not really buying it things. I think Comcast uses, uh, the, the, you can buy it and keep it as long as you're a Comcast subscriber. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which that. I have had to explain to my wife more than once as she keeps buying Comcast movies. And I'm like, honey, if we ever leave, these go away. Yeah. What, you're going to take my movies away? I'm not going to, but I'll be goddamned if I'm going to be able to pay a Comcast bill and on top of that, all the movies that you're buying. <laughs> I'm Comcast in a month. You're doing this to yourself. Uh, you're doing it to me. I'm, I'm the <laughs> one taking it. Uh yeah, and you're right. These these are shows that are not currently being shown on Comcast. Now, that would be something that would be who Comcast to do, is to say, okay, as an aside, for a very minimal fee, and I mean minimal, like talk yourselves out of asking for big bucks on this Comcast because of what it would behoove you to get, um, say we will host all of these apps on our X1 platform. We will have your Hulu app. We will have your YouTube app. We will have your Netflix app, and so on. We will put them all directly available on our box. You'll be able to access them from the same remote that you can talk into that you can already use now, and all of the subscriptions will still go through you guys. We'll take a, a 50 cents on your $10 fee, but what that means is that they, be, they would be the platform that people would want to use because I could go through my regular channels and then I could access all these other things, and as long as I can talk into my remote and say, find Smallville, and it knows which app to jump to, that would be mm -hmm. perfect. That would be Aren't you describing amazing. the Amazon TV? Uh, no, because Could... Amazon TV still doesn't look through the other apps. Yeah. As far as I know, Amazon TV stuff only looks through its own apps. Yeah. And Apple TV, I don't think, has gotten there yet either. So it, it really is a... You know, we're going to play nice with you guys. We're going to, because you've, they've already got, most of these things have already got deals with Comcast anyways. They're mm -hmm. looking to subvert that, but say, hey, don't just subvert. I mean, obviously, yes, you can do that too. You can have your app that's separate. You can do all this other stuff. But if you also want to be on our platform, and why wouldn't you? Why don't you want to be everywhere? That's something that Amazon knows. They, they make themselves available on everything that they can. Google does that too. Why wouldn't you? Um, then just throw it up here. We'll just we'll just have an app section that'll take you right to it. And if you can let us scan through your stuff so that we know what shows are available on you right now, and we can make that searchable, it's better for your users because when they go and they say a show and they realize that it's on something that they don't have, they can just subscribe right through us to get to you, and then you stay relevant and we stay relevant. It's yeah. it's a win-win. Mm -hmm. Except for the person who's spending six hundred and fifty dollars a month on their <laughs> for all the shows. Well, that's if you're paying for these services, or if the services like I can probably use the Stars app because I'm a Stars subscriber through Comcast. Yeah, uh, I can use the HBO get app that way now, finally. So for most of these, it wouldn't be an extra cost for me. Yeah, it's just that the new things probably wouldn't bundle. 
True, true. So let's let's jump over to the shows, and I want to hit on um two of the show or two shows at once. Um, and this is three way. Yeah, this is the wrestling shows over this past week because uh, Sunday was WrestleMania. Um, so glad I didn't have to work and I could watch it live. This is the first WrestleMania I've seen in seven years. I want to say, you know, like live. Like I may or may not have pirated last year's. Um, WrestleMania and watched it after the fact, but you can't prove it. What are you a cop? Um, and then, but then I also watched uh, NXT Takeover Dallas, which NXT is the is the show. If you're familiar with uh, Night Attack or familiar with Justin Robert Young, that's the show that he talks about the most when it comes to professional wrestling, and it's understandable because they have great talent in there, pulling putting on WrestleMania caliber matches weekly. These are younger guys who are busting their butt to make the brand of NXT look good, but then also to get up to WWE and may, and do good up there. Sort of deal. So I'm going to hit on WrestleMania real quick because Evan brought up some points that made me, well, first off, jealous because a friend of the show, Glenn Rubenstein, was there, and I'm jealous of that fact because watching all this stuff and just looking at the just the stage in this stadium it looked amazing with how they made everything utilized uh, AT&T Stadium there in Dallas to put on this show um and then you get to some of the matches and the matches were great the matches all were fine um some of the better matches was were the or it was the triple threat uh, div- or, uh, women's match for the WWE women's title with Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and uh, Charlotte, who is Ric Flair's daughter. Um, I'm trying to relate this a little bit to you, Corey, since you don't really watch wrestling, but I'm pretty sure you know who the Nature Boy is. Uh, I do. I, yeah. I mean, I, I woo. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that reminds me, because I watched it through the WWE Network, and they had... Which means I I watch it for free because this is my in the first month, but they aired a commercial in there, of one of them stickers commercials like you're not you get a little confused. One of the funniest, but yeah, I'm like, at first I'm like, wait a minute, is this a, is this a commercial or is this behind the like I thought it was just a behind the scenes spot that they were doing. I'm like, as soon as Ric Flair goes. Here, honey, have a... I'm like, honey? He would never call Zack Ryder honey. Oh, it's a commercial. Okay, that's why. <laughs> this whole thing's going on. Um, but that was funny. Um, Evan mentioned before that The Rock was on there. And yeah, it was cool. You know, he did a, he did this promo thing. But... <laughs> it was like, okay, yay. He's there, you know. Like, last year's thing where... He had the whole where he brought in Ronda Rousey. That was a lot better than this one. This one was just a quick. He had the quickest match in WrestleMania history of I think six seconds, and and then whoop de do. He's there taking up time. Um, some of the other big spots were like everyone. Everyone's talking about the Shane McMahon Hell in a Cell match, um, which the wrestling fan sites had all been saying that something like this is going to happen because they've been preparing for a big stunt, and I'm sitting there going, holy cow. And then I, I saw the air mattress fall up, but so I'm like, 
holy cow, that was a small air mattress, like airbag to fall onto. Like the margin for error was extremely high for that stunt. Um, the matches were all good. I don't think there was really any terrible matches on there. Um, but again, like I said, the NXT TakeOver Dallas uh, show, in my opinion, was better than WrestleMania. And fight me in the comments. Go for it. Um, but you had debuts on there at, res- or, uh, at NXT Dallas. Um, one of a, ja- of a Japanese uh, wrestler named uh, Sh- uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Who, oh my god, this dude. It was my first time seeing him. I've heard of him you know, since he left Japan. And I had heard of him. But to see him, I'm like, wait. He looks... Weird. He's six foot two, but yet he flies around like he's five five. He flies around like a small man, and it's weird. It's so cool to see, you know, because he's and he's long. He's got longer legs and longer limbs too. So it's just and with how he with how he wrestles, it's art. It's brilliant at how he does how how he wrestles. It's brilliant. That's all all I can say is it is brilliant. Um. But yeah, NXT Takeover wasn't was a great show. I still say by that it was better than WrestleMania, but that's also because you got wrestlers in there that that bust their butt to make NXT the, the big company that it's growing into, sort of deal. So that was my wrestling minute. It may have a sequel at the end, time permitting. But talk to us about Banshee, Corey. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I was going to mention, uh, just as an aside, that I, I was I was kind of iced out of wrestling because most of the wrestlers that I like <laughs> are dead yeah. and or died uh, very recently. Roddy Piper, uh, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Machman, Savage. It, it's it's kind of tough. But the the moment that I actually considered getting back into it briefly, at least, was during the Tough Enough. I think from the last season. Yeah. Uh, when uh, one of the cave girls from Creepy Coffee Movie Time that I watch and love, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, whose real name is Ashley Urbanski, I'm pretty sure that's what she went by on the on the Tough Enough show. She was on the show or was going to be, and unfortunately had a medical issue that pulled her out of it. But she mm-hmm. still wrestles. She's in an underground wrestling, and she kicks major ass. She doesn't just wrestle women. I think she very rarely wrestles women. She wrestles dudes. And she's a total badass. So I would watch wrestling for for her because she's she's awesome and she's someone that I'm already a fan of. But it's like I I look at wrestling now and it's kind of hard for me to get back into it, especially when the classic guys, especially when some of them are still around and just look like maybe they shouldn't be doing it anymore. Which that there was a little bit of that because they had the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal, and they had uh, Diamond Dallas Page come in and Tatanka. Tatanka looked like he shouldn't have been there. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had the he had the gut going, and and I am not casting judgments because I am three hundred twenty three pounds myself. Well, I mean, some of those wrestlers had guts in their heyday. You know, you yeah. look at Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk was never a thin guy. Uh, yeah. Some of those people were only wrestlers because they were fat men who happened yeah. to be tall. Yeah. And and then Shaq was in there, and I'm like, 
All right, that's because <laughs> this is WCW back in 1998. Shaq Fu, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> maybe he thought it was a reunion for people who played Steel. I, I just, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's one of those things that in the 80s, all my friends were into it, and so I was into it, and I think it ran right into 1992. Yeah, is is maybe when. First of all, when the pay-per-view got really expensive, uh, just dumb expensive, and we kind of decided, oh, you know what's better than watching sweaty men roll around on the mat together is uh, is women. Women are yeah. way better than this. Um, yeah, we... that's where you you bring up an interesting thing with with your friend who was on or the lady you're a fan of. Um, is I don't think. You, we would ever really see, because of the health issue, I don't think we'll ever really see her on WWE, but it sounds like if she becomes big enough, we, we might see her on um, on Lucha Underground because WWE and TNA won't re- don't really do the, the intergender matches of men fighting women or, you know, you know like that. Um, because of, you know, like there could be like a domestic abuse trigger or something. You know, there's more political reasons on there than entertainment. You know, it's not like back in the 90s when, oh, you had you had wrestlers like China who like like get, sort of get overshadowed nowadays. But it's like, oh, yeah, she was, you know, tall for her. She was tall and strong where she'd fight men and all that stuff as well. But with Lucha Underground, they got... Both, oh, I haven't seen any of season two, but in season one they had uh, two of the two of the ladies in there that would fight, and one of them was on Tough Enough. Um, her name's Evelise. She was on the like, I think two seasons ago now, and they're in there fighting great acrobatic matches with men. That's the other difference between Lucha Underground and WWE is there. It's that Lucha Libre style. Where you're gonna have, you know, these high flyers, you know, doing their thing, and just doing stunts that you're like, how are they gonna survive that? Holy crap! He just jumped from a roof. You know, he just jumped from a roof, 15 feet into the ring. Ah, it's craziness like that. Um, but no, yeah. So honestly, if you were ever going to get back into it, I would probably say Lucha Underground or NXT would probably be your best bets for you, because you get up to WWE and it's like, same old shit. To be honest. Yeah, you always gotta be careful with these things, too. You don't want to yeah. wind up with Owen Hart. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah. yeah. Bad, day. Bad day involved for everybody. Actually, no, I think yeah. I heard Brett was having some health problems lately, too. Brett just... Brett has... Or had just recovered, is in remission from prostate cancer, I believe. Damn, you know. Yeah. That was a dude. Yeah. yeah anyway, so speaking of dudes, I decided that I was. Uh, what do you mean decided? No, god damn it, there wasn't even a decision to be made. Banshee started up again. Yeah. And we've talked about Banshee way back in the day, and I got mm-hmm. you to watch a little bit of it. I watched the first. I think I watched the first season. And I think um, I just need to find a way to watch these the rest of the seasons because it is it is an interesting show. I do like really enjoy the concept of Banshee. Yeah, so kind of and uh, the opening and the opening so beautiful. 
Yeah. I love that opening. Yeah, the opening cinematics. I was watching it as the opening of this season, and it's it's been gone for a while. I think it's been gone over a year. And this season is the final season, which I'm I'm a little bittersweet about. But it it takes place roughly two years after the end of last season, and last season went fucking crazy in the finale. And this opens up kind of the the blow off from that was so much that it set the characters down paths that they have not recovered from. And I don't want to spoil too much of it. There was a pretty major death of one of the characters from the show. Uh, at the end of this... Of Please the, tell me it's not the uh, the Filipino guy. Uh, it because, was not him. Okay, good, because that dude, I lo- every time he would say something, I, it, it, he, he was comedic relief in there for a lot of it, and I loved him. I, Job, my, Job is uh, played by Hoon Lee. Job yeah. is... Like the heart of of the show in a way, and and the bartender guy too is is excellent. And when they start to interact with each other, yeah, it's even better. But um, no, at the end of last season, major shit went down, and we don't really know where Job is at this point. But uh, I will spoil you a little bit: is that the the character, the main character from the show that has been disguised as the sheriff who dies in the first episode mm-hmm. basically stole his identity to kind of be free in this town and have something that he can hide under while he's trying to get back the woman that was with him before he went to prison um, at which point he finds out about she had his kid and he didn't know it uh, he quit being the sheriff at the end of the last season so that is where things start in this. Uh, the deputy Brock, who was supposed, to, who thought he was supposed to be the sheriff before, is now the sheriff of the town. Uh, a lot of things have have happened. Uh, Proctor, the essentially the the Lex Luthor villain, kind of of the series. The used to be Amish guy. Now he runs the drugs and the the underground everything of the town, and has a a, a hand in all of the the kind of uh, nefarious dealings. Uh, he has been elected mayor of the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, the main guy basically asks him, how did you pull that off? He goes, I ran unopposed. No, that makes sense. That would do it. Uh, so we, we start out in a very cool, like trying to figure out what happened over the last two years to catch up, to see why the characters are in the place that they are now. And how we go forward, but there is a death that happens that means that there's there's also a mystery to the season. One of the things I know is that uh, Liza Dushku from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, who played Faith uh, from Giant Silent Bob Strike Back, and a lot of other things, she is going to be in the season. I believe she's playing an FBI agent uh, in the in the series at some point. Uh, they've had some great guests over time. It's still just a fantastic balls-of-the-wall, face-of-the-grindstone kind of show. I remember I I had started watching it after I'd been watching Justified, I think, for the first couple of seasons, and this started. And there was the other show that wasn't quite as as hardcore as these, uh, Longmire. And I just kind of 
there was a theme that I was kind of traveling down with these three shows, and they all kind of worked for me in a way. And I, mm. I still love this. And obviously, Justify has been canceled. Longmire went over to Netflix. I still haven't watched the last season of it that they did, and I don't know if it's planning on continuing or not beyond that. So this is this is my final of these, and it it sort of hurts, but it is such a damn good show. the The people who make it are excellent. I've never been able to catch it when it's live because it happens on Friday nights, and I'm usually out uh, doing yeah. the friendship thing, so I don't get to hang out on the Twitter with everybody when they're talking about it, that would be nice to do just to sell these people that they've made such great programming from a show that I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, so this is going to be something where people have to hump five minutes into it for no good reason because it's on <laughs> Cinemax. And and there there definitely was a good amount of that uh, in the beginning. That seems to not, not completely have gone away, but it's not the degree that it was before. They yeah. they let the story be the story, and I think the show is much stronger for it. The actors are are all excellent. I keep seeing his his girlfriend uh, slash the 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 female thief that has been in this town with a different identity all the time. I keep seeing her in other things that I didn't realize she was in. So it's it's kind of cool to see what happened with her. Some of the other actors have gone on other stuff too. It's just so good, but. You're absolutely right. Hoon Lee as Job is as the hacker guy is so so good in this. Oh yeah. And yeah. uh yeah, I'm I'm it hurts that it's it's going away, but I feel like they've they've made a short show that's a strong show. Mm-hmm. That's and that's something that I would rather have for a lot of things is you know, a shorter show, you know, something that doesn't last as long but is great as opposed to something that lasts a long time and is eh, not so great. It sort of falls off. It has its peaks and valleys. Um, so I think we're, we're going to hit a little bit of comic book TV shows for the next two um, things here because I want to hit on Walking... Uh, sorry. I want to touch on Walking Dead. You'll, you'll, you re- if you haven't seen it, you'll realize why I cringe here in a second. And Because um, they had their sixth season finale... And I want to. And let's 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 just say, did the internet have an opinion about it? That's actually what I was going to hit 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 at right here for um is because where the, the internet did have an opinion, and I did see there was like a fan recut of like how the how they feel the ending should be. And I'm like, no. If you go to if you watch Talking Dead, which aired you know immediately after, um, the. Robert Kirkman, Scott M. Gimple, you know, they all talked about about this event. And I'm giving you guys more, plenty of time to pause or, you know, to skip ahead. So I don't, so as to not, if you haven't seen it and, you know, not be affected by spoilers. And I feel they did this pretty perfectly, um, this debut. Because, and I'm going to paraphrase Scott, uh, Robert Kirkman is th- this, and because this parallels the comic book, this parallels the hundredth comic book in this one aspect, not in the whole thing, but the hundredth comic was the time where we see Negan. You know that was that, and that was the the as he says with the comic book. You know it's a celebration. It's, it's where a lot of people will jump on, but it's also where a lot of people will jump off because you've been there for a hundred issues, and you're like, I don't really feel like I need to read this anymore, and you go over 
and read something else. This was that same thing. This was a a nice um this was a nice thing that got, you know, that got resolved, you know, cuz we finally saw who Negan was and we know Negan killed someone, we don't know who. I don't think they quite know who yet. Um I'm sure they've got an idea, but yeah. they also have the ability to change their minds and decide as they go into the writing of the next season what is going to make the most sense then. Yeah. I think, honestly, and this is where we get into spoiler territory, so y- you've been warned. Um, with the introduction of Negan and him, and that whole part, I'm sitting there going, they're ripping this from the comic book. Like, they're pulling frames out of here from the comic book, which was really cool. To see, I always love when they do that. When they, they, they go off from the from what the comic book was, and they do something new, which is great, you know, because it keeps it keeps giving a reason for the comic book fans to watch the show. Um, but then they come back and they hit these iconic moments from the comic book, like the introduction of Eugene, Sarita, or uh, Rosita, and um. And Abraham, you know, and and they, boom, do like the shot for shot panel, you know, of them coming in. Same thing with Negan, you know, they had the the outfits, the, uh, Jeffrey Morgan's outfit custom made to match Negan's attire in the book, and they actually know. This is the one thing I didn't know is how are they going to do his talk. How are they going to do him talking? Because, like I said before, fuck is his favorite word. I mean, you, you go in there. It's a good word. Yeah. And, like, you go in there and it's, you know, every third word is, is fuck. And it's like, how, how they allow, him, allow you to say shit on AMC, but I don't think they allow you to say fuck. So how are they going to do this? And they nailed it. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's a great actor in his own right, you know, sit there going, all right, that's not Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's Negan. That's you know he, and it was great. Um, all the the whining, you know, change.org posi- uh, petitions. <laughs> um, that yeah. If there's anything that I would love to see the internet get flushed down in the toilet about, uh, change.org petitions about TV shows and movies and directors and stuff is is up high on my list. And I, I say that as a person who even sometimes agree with them in the idea of, oh, say, Zack Snyder not being allowed to direct any more DC movies. Personally, I could say, yeah, I would like that as well. But I'm not signing your fucking petition because you're pathetic. It it exists only for your own benefit. The movie companies are going to make the movies that they feel like they need to make. And uh, why don't you shut up and vote with your dollar, bitch? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's basically what you could say with all this is, you know... And I have. I mean, you know I dropped out at the beginning of this season mm-hmm. completely and mostly dropped out in the middle of last season of The Walking Dead. I hit my limit of where it was no longer fun or interesting enough for me to keep sticking around. And I was not looking forward to the Negan introduction. I don't want to sit there and basically watch a snuff film week in and week out. But I get why other people enjoy it. And it 
it's so easy for me to say that while I don't think it's good enough TV for me to keep watching, I don't think it's bad enough TV for it to have to go away for everybody else. Yeah. And it's pretty fucking stupid that everybody decides, oh, that happened, I don't like how that happened, so you need to change it. Like they were trying to do that with Beth's death. I don't want Beth to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not a favorite moment of mine on the show, but I get it, and you can't change it afterwards because then you got the season of Dallas where Bobby Ewing comes back to life because it was all a fucking dream in the shower. Yeah. No, don't do not do that. Don't make your show shitty just because you can't decide that you want to watch it with them telling you the story and, and having faith in them to tell you the story that they're going to tell. Just the, walk away, man. Just walk yeah. the fuck away. Yeah, this is where I think I honestly think that um viewer the, the only real power that viewers would have for AMC would be to bring back a show, not a character, but a show. So if Walking Dead all of a sudden started getting uh, lower ratings, like I saw that the this premiere spike or this finale spiked its views, um, you know, in views for this season, but still fell short of, I think the season four or season five finale, where it had higher, it had more, more views, sort of deal. Which is, you know, which okay, you know. But I mean, we're talking about this. This just aired night before last. Yeah. And we know that a lot of people don't watch these things live, although. The Walking Dead is one of those shows that if you don't watch live, you better say the fuck offline because yeah. it's not going to work out for you very well. I yeah. had people basically begging their friends lists on Facebook on Sunday saying, please don't spoil Walking Dead for me. I can't watch it tonight. Don't be an asshole. And people are like, well, then don't go to the site. I don't go to the sites. I have friends who are assholes that just exactly. assume. And you can't you can't be a fan of their webpage because the Walking Dead Facebook page will spoil it. They will post spoilers a day later at most, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty much just the biggest dick move to your own goddamn brand. But whatever, uh, up to you to be that asshole. I just I don't I don't get that we're we're talking about numbers on a show that is still hugely successful. Yeah. On a channel that, I mean, it pretty much makes that channel, now that the channel doesn't have Breaking Bad anymore, or Mad Men, it, Better Call Saul is doing very well, as I understand it, but it's not the legendary status that those other shows have been. Yeah. So this is this is the, the head driver for this this channel. It's got a spinoff show. I couldn't give a damn bit mm-hmm. of business for the spinoff show, but it got one, and it's got a second season, so it's doing just fine. So you either like The Walking Dead and can handle it, or you don't like The Walking Dead and you walk your dead ass away. That so, it, it, Game of Thrones is the same thing. I mm-hmm. watch Game of Thrones, but I know it stresses me out. If I can't handle it, I step off. I don't go over to George R. R. Martin and, and try to tug his beard and say, Listen, bitch, you better write. <laughs> you better never kill... Uh, any more Starks? I, I want that dire wolf that you cut its head off back in life. I, I just, you're an asshole. No, he knows he's an asshole because he's not finishing the goddamn books. But mm-hmm. it's still his job to finish the books as best he can. Yeah. I can't write the books for him. So when, I he, wanna... when he eats his ultimate cheeseburger and goes off into the McDonald's drive-through of the afterlife, then yeah, maybe when they need someone to come up and finish book seven, I'll volunteer. 
and yeah. I'll I'll write them in, in a in a fucking sing off at the end. Yeah, uh, but so I want to hit because the, the petition. I don't think I really hit on what it was, but the petition was they want by the end or by six weeks from now they want a filler episode between the two seasons showing who dies. And I'm sitting there going, no, no, they're not. They're not going to do it because of the reasons you said, and because AMC doesn't answer those petitions because they don't care. They trust the creators that they know what they're doing. You know, that's, I think, the reason why The Walking Dead ended up on AMC and not HBO. Let's just tell it straight. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Not watch? Then don't watch! But you, you, you can't sit there and say, oh, you have to do it my way. Well, no. So either stop watching, which means you have to stop caring so much, which well, obviously you're caring way too much, yeah. or just shut up and wait. But and, and here's the other part. They're wanting to see the gruesome, or at least the person who started the petition, they're wanting to see the gruesome death. Now, I don't know, and this is where I don't know how I feel, because I watched this yesterday morning. I watched this Monday morning because, again, I watched WrestleMania Live. Um, so, you know, I couldn't watch two, channel, two, two things at once. Um, and when you get to there and you hear these sounds you see you go you go into the perspective of the person who died which is great cinematically even the blood coming down as Negan takes Lucille and cracks the head um and then it goes blackout and you're but you're still hearing the wax I felt like I could pass out from that and I th- and that had the effect that they wanted they wanted that effect you know, I, I give this example for a lot of things. The reason why Jaws worked so well is because of the fact that they couldn't get the shark to work. You know, they couldn't get the shark to work, so therefore it made it more terrifying because you're not seeing this animatronic shark that doesn't that is falling apart sort of deal. It was the absence to where your mind fills in the all the blanks in there that makes it better sort of deal. So, here's how I see this whole thing playing out. If, by some, you know, alternate universe thing where AMC did go, okay, yes, let's do this. Let's give them their, what they want. Then they will cry because, one, they killed this character, but two, it looked like shit. Well, yeah, first off, you put a six-week mandate on them. So, how are they going to, okay, everyone, fly to, fly to Atlanta. We know who we're killing. Glenn, it's you. Sorry. Um, sort of deal. It, it's like I don't know. I f- I feel like they'll you know you you gotta just cry. Quit being a whiny bitch. I mean, one of the big problems that people had last season was or last half season was Glenn was dead, but then Glenn wasn't dead, and it was a long time to. We should understand by now that the way the show works is it is long leads to something specific, mm-hmm. and in this regard, it was a long lead of Rick trying to have control, maintain control, keep this town safe, having everything kind of fall apart, and in the end, you know, all the things that he's been trying to build towards, get he gets the rug pulled out from underneath him again. That's what Nagan comes in and does, is he says, you think that you have a choice. You don't, because no matter what you do, 
it all belongs to me. That's that's kind of like, all right, that's the reveal, but it's the reveal off of the season of Rick's story. When we had to deal with the whole thing of Glenn's story without knowing that Glenn was coming back, it's the same thing. The, the whole thing of trying to find Sophia in the barn. Sometimes the show moves so slowly that it's, it's agonizing for people. Mm-hmm. But that's how they build drama, and that's how they've told their stories from the beginning. So, again, you either enjoy the storytelling or you don't. If you don't, man, you can, you can at least enjoy the comics. Yeah, Those and come I out think, sometimes twice a month now. Yeah, and I think the other thing that people failed to realize during the first half of this season is that it wasn't, you know, episode one air like the, it wasn't a as the episodes go. This is that t- the, or this is the, you know the next period in time, you know, sort of like twenty four. How every episode is a is another hour in that day, sort of deal. This was them covering the same. With the with the exception of the Morgan flashback with Drew Carey's brother, um, this was you know all within the the same period of time. Like they would do, like three episode arc where it was you know this group, this part or this part of the group, this part of the group, this part of the group, but it's all you know Friday, September, whatever, when it was happening, sort of deal. Which is going to happen when you have a group this big. I mean, out of all everyone, all the Alexandrians, our main group, all that. It's I think they said fifty people, is what they have at the camp, or is what they have at, at Alexandria. And then you got, I think, twelve of them being Rick's group, and all that, and who are, and they are the people we're focusing on. So yeah, it's gonna you're gonna have these moments where, oh, where's Glenn? Sort of deal. And you don't really, they don't really ever hit on that. But it's like, again, it's like, let them tell their story. They know what they're doing. It, you know, the show wouldn't have lasted this long if they didn't know what they were doing. It wouldn't have lasted this long with this amount of viewers. Mm-hmm. And and at the same time, people would not be so passionate about it uh, if they didn't love it. So it, I know that it's coming from a, a, a feeling of, I, I. I love this show. I want to know what's happening. You, you're, you feel it feels like you're betraying me. I get that. I totally get that. But that's that's the ride, man. That's the ride that you signed up for. Mm-hmm. And unlike a roller coaster, you don't have to go all the way to the end. You can stop. You mm-hmm. can get off. You can. And decide that's what this is. Want to get back on where you left off, or you can start back at the beginning. It's up to you. That's the joy. But you don't know where the end is until you get there. Yeah, and and that's, and that's honestly where this is. Where this the season six finale, this is the end of essentially this first huge arc. Yeah, you know, like this. This would be if this was comics. This would be the end of, and then this would be the omnibus volume one of the Walking Dead, sort of deal. Which actually, I think it might have been. I don't remember. Um. And then when we start season seven, this is a whole new thing. You figure you, we will find out who, and I'm I'm quoting the producers on Talking Dead. We will find out who who died, and then there will be repercussions from reading the book. You know, from what I know from there, we're in for action. We've had action not, you know, now, but we're in for more. Yeah, but I I'm never a big believer of the book is telling you where things are going to go. 
I think, I think what it, it introduces just enough from the book to make people who are fans of the book go, oh, here's this part from the book, and they get all excited about the comic, mm-hmm. and they tell you, you got to read these comics. So it helps sell the comics. But there's so many differences, and there's so many things they don't do the same that I, I think it's, it's, it's not just to cheat to you as a viewer to say, oh, well, I know the book does this next. Because if it does it, then you know it's coming. And if it doesn't do it, then you feel like, oh, why the fuck did they do it and a different way? The, the, but the point I'm getting at with this is, like, the major plot points here. Like, the next, from where they're at, I believe the next, or no, actually, I think it was little, but we come to, in the, in the comic books, the volumes were All Out War Part 1 and Part 2. So that's what we're we're in for. We're in for an all-out war. We are you assume, in. but it could be that Negan just really loves puppies, and that's why he was there, and he didn't realize yeah. that Rick's friend uh, was also a puppy lover, and then he feels bad. And to be honest... And then it's three seasons of Dachshunds <laughs> and Corgis, yeah, and I cannot part, wait for that show. Yeah, the, the other part I would really love would be a... like. An episode like how we had the the origin story of the governor, which wasn't needed. I would sort of love to see an origin story of of Negan, because this is a guy where he think he knows what he's he feels what like what he's doing is right, you know. Yeah, but we didn't. Did we talk about the origin of the Joker last week? Yeah, the the feel uh, of that. I I I not. I'm not saying it. It's automatically a bad thing. But the way that Negan has been presented to me in ideas over time, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I've not read the comics, and I'm, I'm not a huge follower, but just in general, it seems like he's he's that same sort of deal where do you need his backstory, or do you just want to... The unknown is more terrifying. And Negan comes in as a controlling person who has power and just strikes terror and why do you need to explore how he got to that point? It, it's like, it's like Fear the Walking Dead. I don't think mm-hmm. Fear the Walking Dead is interesting because we we have a world where the dead are walking. Mm-hmm. Do we need to see how that world happened? No, that's not near as interesting as what we've already got in this other story. Yeah. In the, but see, here's the difference, though. In the comic, he does. In here, I think they're playing him quite a bit differently. You know, he's still probably going to be foul-mouthed and all that stuff, but he comes across, like, most villains where he's, he doesn't see himself as the villain. He sees himself as doing what is right. There's a part in there where he says, I could kill you all. Part of me thinks I should because of the fact that you've killed a bunch of my men, and I mean a bunch of my men. But if I do that, then who's going to get me my the things I need? That's where it's like, okay, he sees him, what he's doing is, is right. He's seen what he's done before with you kill off one person to set the example of, yes, I can do. Um, he said that when he was looking at, I think he was looking at Rick. Evan's asking if he said that when he's looking at Carl. Um, and that was another part that they hit from the comic they pulled out, like the whole, whole, oh, this is your son, all this sort of deal. They didn't do pull off the bandage to show this, and he did call Carl a serial killer. That was also from the comic book. But Negan is a smart guy. Negan saw early on when he formed the Saviors that you kill one, set the example, 
and then you go and then they will give you half of their half of their shit. Well, it's like prison rules. It's it's mm-hmm. you go into prison and you beat up the the toughest guy there so that people know not to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but to maybe a little bit more of an extreme. That that's, I'm not saying that's a good way of living life or anything, but I understand the concept that they're going for with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The the problem is is what we know of Rick, is you don't take from Rick. Exactly. And you which don't is, take. His which is why we're going to get this all-out war. Yeah. No, that's that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So, let's talk. Because I'm very curious about this because I believe Winona Earp is a comic book. Winona Earp is a comic series. It's it's not even a recent comic series, although I think they're publishing it again. Uh, I, I think now it's through IDW. I'm not sure who published it originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a show that is coming out from sci-fi. And sci-fi and their genre shows uh, just barely get my attention for a little while. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll give this a shot. And then I go, oh, this is like a sci-fi genre show. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not saying that this is any better than anything else that ha- has happened with that. Um, I think the one sci-fi show that I, I watched the most, and, and not even from the beginning, I came in towards the end and missed the last season, I think, for the most part, when it had been canceled, was Eureka. And Eureka was a fun show. Eureka was a, a good old time. And and just kind of quirky enough. And I came in right after, I guess, they went through time or came in through an alternate dimension or something. A whole bunch of stuff changed, uh, which is funny because that's what The Flash is doing right now, a lot. But um, something about Winona Earp, the commercials... She's got a bit of humor to her that stands out from the other stuff that I've seen on sci-fi. And I'm not saying that sci-fi stuff doesn't have humor. Uh, the show that was the three people... Uh, God damn, there were like three space shows that came out recently, and there was one of them that I was actually trying to watch for a while. Expanse, uh, Red... Uh, or Dark Matter... And then I can't think of what the third one was. From. And it's that third one that it is, I'm sure. Um, all their goddamn titles sound the same. Um, this is not like that. For one, it's not an outer space. It is a supernatural creatures type show. And I think it's a we have so many that we have to kill of them kind of thing too. So it's we know how the seasons are going to weigh out because we have this many creatures that we have to kill. And they can always change that. They can always introduce more. That can that can happen, but the idea is very simple premise. Woman who is... Uh, she's got Wyatt Earp as part of her ancestry. She grew up in this, this western town. Her and her two sisters and her dad. Her eldest sister is the one that this special gun that is able to kill these monsters was supposed to get passed down to. Uh, but that sister got taken away in the night by these creatures. I think her dad died at the same time. She feels like the the reject. She's a middle sister. She's got middle middle sibling issues. She takes off, goes around the world, stays away from this town, comes back for I think her uncle's funeral. Mm-hmm. Reintegrates, finds her younger sister there. People recognize her, are telling her, you know, they they give her a lot of shit. They give her a ton of shit in this. Uh, 
at the same time that she's showing up in the town, she has her 27th birthday, and I guess that unleashes her abilities to be this person who should wield this weapon and fight these creatures. They, it's the the promised one syndrome. It's it's that kind of thing again. It happens a lot. I understand it, but there's some talk that her older sister should have been the promised one, and that maybe her younger sister could still be the promised one. Uh, and and she's just kind of there right now because she's old enough, and it just happened this way. It's okay. There's yeah. there's a there is a Doc Holliday character in it, and if you've ever watched Tombstone, you know that Doc Holliday is basically the reason you have to watch Tombstone, and and Sam Elliott's in there, and Kurt Russell, and um, Bill Paxton, all great. But Val Kilmer, as fucking Doc Holliday, is 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 it. He's fucking it. So now they have to have somebody playing Doc Holliday in this, and I don't know if he's a ghost or if he's just living forever because he should have died of tuberculosis a long time ago. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but that's kind of like Angel in the beginning of Buffy. So I'm watching this as a Western version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I'm sure is what the pitch was because it's not exactly like the comic and how they're doing things. It was not... The 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 whole concept has changed to adjust for TV, and I think a lot of the changes were, we want a show that's like Buffy. Yeah, I don't blame you. Like, your other shows have been trying to be Firefly and, and haven't quite been at that level. So it always comes down to the writers and the actors and the producers and directors and everybody else and how good of a version of that they can make without having Joss Whedon involved. Yeah, so... I'm going to throw, because while you while you were talking, I was doing research on the show here, and the main actress, um, who her name is uh, Melanie, uh, Melanie Scrofano, and this is a Canadian show, I'm going to preface it with that, um, she's actually in two, with this, she's in two pretty big genre shows, because you got Winona Earp, and then she's also in Damien on A&E, in a big role, she's throughout the show on, on there. So this is cool in that aspect because, you know, they're getting bigger names. She was also in Haven and a few other shows. She was in Degrassi for, like, two episodes. Um, she was in – actually, my favorite one is she was in uh, RoboCop as um, – oh, I got I to gotta go down to it – as Wife of Man with Prosthetics. I love IMDb for that reason <laughs> alone. <laughs> um, yeah. It, the first – we always talk about pilotitis. It, mm-hmm. it has some pilotitis. It has a lot of explaining to do. It has the jump from, I'm just a woman on a bus, to I'm a woman who can bust ass. I can bust a cap in you. Uh, that it's, it's perfectly suitable for the, the station that it's on and the show yeah. that it's supposed to be. Will it elevate? That's what I have to see, is will it get to that next level? Uh, outside of the pilot, will it jump up and get more comfortable with the characters and get more slangy with the dialogue and just a little bit more fun and a little bit... I don't want to say less silly, because I enjoy the silly, but but be believable silly. You know, there, there's got to be that mix of... you you're You're letting me suspend disbelief because it is a sci-fi genre show with... with vampire-type creatures or werewolf-type creatures, whatever. I appreciate all of that, but I still have to buy into it because when there's danger, I have to accept the danger as feeling real. 
And when there's drama, I have to accept the drama as being important. Mm -hmm. And when the characters feel something, I have to emote with them. So all of that needs to be realistic in the midst of the fantasy setting and storylines. So we'll see what it does with it. Again, I see the commercials, and, and I see the character saying things in the commercials, and it's kind of like seeing a trailer for the movie, for a movie, and you, you watch it and go, oh, that looks really funny, and you go and you watch the movie, and it's like, no, they used all the funny lines in the goddamn trailer. Do you, that may be what's going on here. Yeah. So the real question is, are you going to continue watching? I'm going to give it another episode, at least. Okay. Because this, we'll this sounds this sounds interesting. Um, I will say because you know, me and you are in, are in very similar boats with the sci-fi shows, where we would love to watch the shows. It's just they very quickly fall off of our radar. Yeah, I mean, I'm not patient with, yeah. with stuff anymore. There's too much TV, and like we we mentioned earlier, with all the different places you can go watch stuff, there's mm-hmm. too much content online and everything else that can vie for my attention. If I have a weekend of watching Daredevil and having my mind blown by it, then why do I want to watch a show that I have to wait a week between episodes and then mid-season breaks and stuff that I'm bored most of the time and, you know, don't remember what happened last week when I watch it this week. Mm-hmm. So it, it's harder to sell in this stuff. That's It's... it's Probably not fair because we are low attention span, low attention span theater now. We, yeah, we don't have these shows that grab us, and every week is the I have to watch this now. Game of Thrones and Walking Dead are the two shows I can think of that every week people are talking about. When they're happening, they're going on. Those are the ones that that night and the next day and the next day. People are going ape shit over and just saying, "Did you see this? We have to talk about this." Now, in my office, it's Game of Thrones. Uh, nobody's really talking about Walking Dead, but I, I get that. It's it's just how we skew. But in my my friends online and everything, it it's not opposite. It's just they're they're pretty equal. Yeah. When when I'm watching things like The Blacklist or Lucifer or these other shows that are perfectly fine shows but they don't stand out. They don't get to this really high peak of, I love this program, then it it doesn't make sense for me to keep with it, especially because my attention is grabbed up by doing shit like this, you know, doing Else Nerds, doing Podcasts of Terror, the, the one night a week I hang out with friends, and the little bit of time that I get to actually spend with my wife since our schedules aren't exactly in sync. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe if I sat down with this and they were doing a marathon one day on sci-fi of the first six episodes, that would be the moment of, oh, I've got six hours to watch of the show and see if I'm really into it. Sundays, I've been watching Leverage again. Leverage has been playing on Ion TV, mm-hmm. and I'm totally just, like, so excited to get to watch Leverage all over again. Leverage was one of the last types of, of these kind of style shows that I watched week after week because it really, I love the characters so much. If this gives me just that, if it just gives me characters that I think are a lot of fun and I want to watch it for them, then I'll keep with it. But yeah. it may be something that's I've got three packed up on the DVR before I decide to watch it again. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's some of the shows like um, that Shadowhunter show on ABC Family has become yeah. that where I enjoy the show. 
it's just I ain't got time to TV. To I ain't use. got time to TV. It became yeah. a DVRant, uh, but when it shows up on Netflix, if I'm bored and I got a couple of days off, maybe I just mm-hmm. throw on that thing. If if there's not a lot of better competition to yeah. grab my eye first, exactly. and that's the other thing is because Netflix is releasing stuff so fast now that it's always it's the BBD, which is a Hard Bodies reference uh, for you '80s late night movie fans. Uh, BBD stands for the bigger and better deal, mm-hmm. and that is well, I could watch this thing that I know I kind of like, or I can watch this brand new thing that may be excellent or may be a pile of steaming crap, but I won't know until I watch it. And so, shiny and new, or thing that's that's mostly okay. Yeah. And you're almost always going to go for shiny and new. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that's sort of where I'm at, like right now, like I'm grateful that you know walking dead is done and that you know i don't watch fear the walking dead which yeah okay i know it's people say it's a great show whatever not my cup of, like like cory it's not my cup of tea i'm more of an earl gray fan um i i never hear people talking the next day about fear the walking dead yeah like they do about it, the walking dead yeah so what this is meaning for me is what's the next show that's i'm probably going to be able to actually start watching daredevil you know, because I'm still, I haven't seen, because of how my schedule has been with work, I haven't been able to catch any of, any more Daredevil. And so, and it looks like there's not really going to be any slowing down with that. But still, when I get the time and normally be like, oh, I could watch Walking Dead or Comic Book Men because they're both seasons have ended now. Or I could watch Daredevil. Let's watch Daredevil. Five hours later, I had to go to work three hours before that sort of deal. You know, I get sucked in. Probably won't ever happen, but you know, you get the idea. Well, I think that's just gonna gonna about do it uh, do it here for us while words are fun, um, <laughs> especially when they're with friends. Um, but you can check us out. We're at allsnerds.com. That's our our main page where it takes you to everything that we're at. It takes you to our Facebook group at facebook.allsnerds.com, our YouTube channel at uh, watch.allsnerds.com, or our Twitter. We're at allsnerds, and then I'm at I'm at that Gregor. He's at Captain Temerity. Actually, Evan these is, days, let's be honest. I'm at Don't Ask Comics. Yeah, or at, and I at don't ask comics, um, which they've been telling me to follow. I think they've been telling El- the Elsner's Twitter to follow as well, and I'm like, well, why hasn't Corey made him follow it? I'm not gonna. I'm not forcing myself on anybody. I don't uh, sell pudding on. Wait, TV. wait, you're not gonna force yourself on yourself. I, I'm. It's a shared Twitter. So if you decide you want it, then you can you can follow it. Yeah. But yeah. um, and then Evan is at Mister Fusion, I believe it's Mister Underscore Fusion. I don't know, Mister Fusion, on Twitter. Um, and we record Else Nerds, um, every Monday night ish at uh, nine thirty p.m. Eastern, six thirty p.m. Western, two thirty a.m. uh British time which means you could probably find it everywhere else. And this, the only other thing to say is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next time. Take care, everybody.